Well, welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm honored today to interview Lisa Williams. She's a dear friend and patient, and her journey is unlike many others in the way that uh, she had such heroic efforts to get well. But she really, the thing that I love about her story is how she turned her journey into a gift to share to others and how people can heal who are in the same boat. And so I just am so honored to interview you. Uh, This is a really like a touching and full circle moment. We've been on the phone many times in many different scenarios. So it's just, I just want to celebrate the fact that you are so much better, that you look as beautiful as you do as always, and that you have this new book that you just launched, Biohack Your Way Beyond Line. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Dr. Scheffner, and I will call you Dr. Scheffner forever. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think I can. You, I don't think I can say Christine, even though obviously I know your first name. Oh well, it's just to such an honor to have you here, and you look beautiful, and you are just, you know, beaming with health right now. And I know, um, I really remember Lisa the day that you showed up at Sophie Health Institute, and I really, I, you know, as we're talking, I have a memory of you in my office and you sharing everything you had been to up into coming to us. And, you know, we still had um, some years ahead. And so why don't, you know, we'll get into the book, we'll get into all of the things, but I just want you to share from your heart, really your journey. Um, and, you know, when we bring us back to that moment of meeting and, you know, everything, you know, that's culminated to, to this point. Absolutely. So it's, it was almost seven years ago that I, um, came to Sophia Health and my journey did not start at Sophia Health. Uh, It was a blessing that I was able to um, start there after a few years of searching. And so basically my my treatment journey started in uh, 2012 and I had been searching beyond, um, you know, to get to that point for many, many years. So my journey, unfortunately, began when I was um, approximately nine years old. And I was infected with Lyme at a very young age and had no idea, um, but went through a good, um, you know, five or six years of really declining health as an adolescent, as as a young teen. And had just a a really difficult um, set of circumstances. So I was actually, you know, I came came to the field of psychiatry before I learned anything about Lyme disease. I was misdiagnosed when I was in my teens as a bipolar. And it turns out that because I was bit in the back of my head by the tick um, that my parents, you know, removed in life, went on, I manifested Lyme disease in a neurological way. And initially, a lot of my symptoms were kind of appeared to be psychiatric in nature. And so I went through almost 15 years of extensive psychiatric treatment. And unfortunately, that wasn't the answer for me. Um, it was a, a means of, of getting me further along in my search but it was actually um, in my late 20s when I realized that there were so many other uh, you know, circumstances that I was dealing with, symptoms, I guess I will call them, of a debil- you know, really a broken down body and immune system that was not able to keep up. And I actually 
wasn't ever tested for Lyme disease until 2012. And so it was almost 22 years after the incident. And, and you know, I didn't know anything about Lyme disease. I grew up in California in the 80s and 90s, 1980s and 90s, when, you know, there wasn't any awareness of Lyme disease. And so I didn't know anything about vector-borne illness. And so once I finally got tested in 2012, I began treatment with some, uh, some different clinics. And I went uh, down the road of, of um, you know, full-on just oral antibiotic treatment. Uh, and that didn't go well, I will say. I, I didn't know really what I was doing at the time. And I learned a lot in the, those first two years of treatment. I went through um, some inpatient treatment and eventually ended up at Sophia Health researching Dr. Klinghart's work in those first two years. And so when I came to you in, in uh, the end of 2013, I was incredibly incredibly sick um, and really didn't know, you know, how to proceed other than to ask for guidance. And, you know, I came in with, you know, the, the, uh, the port that I had a chest port. And so I'd been going through intravenous treatment for at that point, a year and a half. And I was getting results from that, but I also was dealing with some other, you know, major issues that weren't being addressed. And I knew that from my own investigation and I wanted to be in a, in a treatment, um, you know, environment that looked at every aspect of Lyme disease because Lyme disease is so much more than just about the Borrelia. Lyme disease is about co-infections and toxicity and heavy metals and, and the whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And it's just, um, you know, every time I hear a patient's story and, you know, just like yours, it's just, it brings me to the moment to think, wow, when you were nine, you know, this began and how many, um, you know, patients struggle for decades before they're able to, you know, find the right answers. And so I just, um, you know, I honor that you had, you know, the perseverance and the determination to not lose hope or lose sight of the end goal of getting yourself well. And, you know, I'm really passionate. I know with um, this next chapter that you are in your life, of how can we really shorten the time where people get properly diagnosed to the proper treatment and have the proper support. Because as we'll talk about, just because we now, I mean, you had the diagnosis of Lyme in 2012 and here we're recording this in 2020 and, you know, you got your life back a few years ago, but it, it, it's not, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And so how can we have, you know, that, you know, support and that um, mindset to really go through the journey of once knowing what you need to treat. And one other thing, at least I just want to mention is that, you know, this whole neuropsychiatric presentation of Lyme and, you know, the whole, um, you know, mental health component. I think, you know, as we look at Americans, Americans are more anxious, more depressed. There's more children um, debilitated by ADHD. Autism is on the rise. Um, you know, pans and pandas are on the rise. And so we, we just have to, you know, I, I think what can come out of a lot of you know, people's journeys like yourselves is having this whole other view of how we look at, you know, mental health. And if we can look at this from 
the perspective of what's causing neuroinflammation as yeah. you, know, you are well aware of. So we have a lot of, you know, directions, mm -hmm. you know, we can go, but one of the things, you know, I just want to just share with the audience is that, you know, you um, have been um, to date, you know, you, you definitely um, struggled in a very tough way because of all the things that your body had gone through. But um, in the backdrop of that, you were also, you've also been the most highly committed, resourceful and um, innovative, you know, patient, you know, that I, I, I know and I, that I've worked with. And I guess maybe talking to the people who are maybe listening, you know, relating to your story, wanting so desperately to be on the other end, like you are here, um, and that into their passion and into their life, you know, like you're, you know, you are um, launching into this new chapter, but how were you able to maintain, you know, um, your mindset and your sanity to get, to do the work that really had to be done? And it's not for the faint of heart. It was, it's very, um, you know, it's very involved. So just maybe some insights to the listeners who um, need some hopeful words of wisdom here. I first want to just share with your listeners that there is hope and you can recover. And I think that's when my, my message that other than education and raising awareness, patients that have gone through Lyme treatment and are, are struggling need to know that you can recover. And I truly believe that the most important factor is mindset because really you can do every intervention in the book. You can go through any protocol and you can get to a certain point, but without the added component of what you bring to the table, your beliefs, your attitude, those are just physical interventions. And what you have to know is that you're, you are more than just a physical being, like you are mind, body, and soul. And your body knows that when, when your thoughts and your emotions and your, your belief system is behind your treatment, your body feels that, your body knows that. And I think for me, you know, I went through just an awful time in, in the beginning where I just felt like such a victim after I was um, tested and, and diagnosed with Lyme. I felt like I had lost my whole life to this disease, not even knowing it. And I felt like my whole mentality was that I, I was a victim of my circumstances. And, and it, what I've learned in this journey is that we can go at this journey with two different mindsets. I mean, in the one hand, we can go at it like, okay, I want somebody else to heal me. I want somebody else to deliver this uh, solution. I want, I, I want everybody in my life to agree with me and support me and, and um, you know, lift me up and be my cheerleader. And quite frankly, I, I learned that wasn't going to happen. I, nobody else was going to deliver my healing. It was up to me to be an empowered participant. It was up to me to take on this journey. Even if, even if I felt like I didn't quote unquote deserve this, you know, I, I it's what I ended up with. And it, it was my life course. And I had to, accept that. And I had to 
embrace it to a certain extent. Even if it wasn't what I would choose, it was chosen. It was already there. It was already in my lap. And so for me, taking on the idea or the mindset of a biohacker um, was very empowering because during my the early stages of my journey, it helped me transition from I I want somebody else to get me well to I have to be the one to get myself well. I have to learn what I need to learn. I have to investigate. I have to be my own advocate. And it wasn't that I was acting on my own. I obviously had wonderful people in my life, but it was seeing myself as an agent, as, as having agency is what I call it, where I'm like co-creating my healing with, I mean, just the, the team that I, I, I brought on board and, and I saw myself as this, you know, this, the scientist, this pioneer, I was out investigating because really in, in the end, you know, nobody else has my best interest in mind the way I did. And so I found solutions. I, I took on, you know, these ideas and I started experimenting on myself, mostly out of necessity. I mean, as Dr. Schaffner, as you know, I had major, major challenges. Um, and I had to overcome these in large part, you know, just to survive. And, and so you, you adapt a new kind of mentality when you believe, okay, I got, I got to pull myself up out of this and, and you learn what you're capable of. And you learn that you are, you are amazing because you can get through these challenges and, and I think that was the biggest shift for me is being able to think like a biohacker for me meant I've got, I've got this in curiosity. I've got this drive to get myself well. And I, I guess that was my shift is I started to pretend like I had this new identity. And I think the power of imagination is really important because you, you know, I've been sick for so long. I didn't even know what, what wellness was. I, I just thought, you know, this was the way my life would always be. And I had to imagine myself differently. I had to imagine a different life. And, and I think that's hard for people when they're in the midst of the, the, they're in the trenches is what I would call it is, is you think that's the way it's always going to be or the way it has to be. But if you can imagine yourself beyond this, it is possible and you can program your body, program your cells, program your, your, your mind for healing. Mm -hmm. So beautifully said. And I, you know, just echo everything you share and you know, one of the things when we're thinking about, you know, the work that we're all, you know, doing, I think about we're shifting, you know, the paradigm of how we treat these illnesses, right? And so I think it's not only this acknowledgement of Lyme being a factor, right? Or all of the environmental toxicants mm -hmm. being a factor. There's just so much awareness that still needs to be raised around this. Um, but I think it's also changing the paradigm of, you know, the doctor-patient relationship, if, if you want to call it that. And that, I really appreciate how you shared it's 
um, you know, we're, we're brought up in a, a society where doctor is, you know, kind of director and doctor tells you, knows better, right? You know, and, and we're coming out of that, but it's still, you know, it's still very prevalent, um, you know, even, you know, today where patients are going to be saved, you know, by their doctor. And then it puts this unrealistic expectation yeah. that the doctor is in this, you know, savior godlike complex that, you know, has the duty to heal the patient. And while that I'm sure serves a purpose in certain scenarios, um, you know, what, you know, I, the work that I love and the direction that I always try to go with my patients. And of course I'm human and always learning is that, um, you know, I feel like this medicine is collaborative, right? And, mm. you know, you're in your body, right? And one of the gifts, even though it's, you know, a very hard way to get there, but one of the gifts I believe a lot of our patients um, develop is this um, highly intuitive sense of what is happening in their body and, you know, how they just need somebody, you know, I, I kind of think of myself as a collaborator and a guide to help make sense of that or support you, or I just have access to tools because of my license that, you know, that we just work together for. But I, I think that's still a big um, part because I, I do see, you know, patients and, you know, we develop these long-term relationships and I love all my patients, but there is sometimes this um, unrealistic expectation, you know, that I'm doing the healing work. It's like, I think it's a collaborative relationship where we're, you know, working and committed to that person being well, but I, I think there's a lot more to share around that. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Kind of, yeah. You know, uh, it's funny in the book, I use the word biohacker as an acronym because what I am trying to walk people through is is how to think like a biohacker, because I really think that framework expands, you know, your thinking. And so what's funny is the B actually is what I call buck the system. And the reason I say the system is, as we know, there's a very broken conventional mainstream medicine, you know, medical system. And what I espouse is a system in which we are collaborating and there is a teamwork, you know, component to all medicine because really, and, and I think this is really important is that we have a kind of an even playing field where everybody brings ideas to the table because we all benefit when we brainstorm and when we come, I mean, as you know, and Dr. Klinghart would say this, you know, I always brought my best ideas, my best research to you. And oftentimes, you know, I would have tried things and brought, you know, brought it to our appointments to test out. And that's, I think that's where patients, I think that's one of the components that's missing is, when you as a patient have been doing your work, you know, your investigation, you bring belief, you know, you bring a, a positive belief in what you want to look at. And the, and the doctor brings their experience and their understanding to the table. And all of that combines to form this energetic kind of, um, you know, teamwork. And I think that that improves healing. And, and I think that it, it's funny, the, the acronym goes on to I being investigate, investigate for yourself, because I think that as you bring your own, you know, information to the table, you start to better understand your journey, you better understand your body. And then 
for me, intuition is the biggest component of treatment because, and I think this is one thing that we really struggle with when we have Lyme is that we kind of get into this, this, I don't know, animosity with our body initially because we feel betrayed and we feel like our body isn't doing its job and our body is almost kind of our enemy because it's so painful. And it's, in my case, I used to think, oh my gosh, my body's broken. Like my gastrointestinal system was paralyzed. Like my, my, I had all these things that weren't working. And so I felt very angry at my body. And, and I felt as if it couldn't do this amazing healing work that it's capable of. And really, I needed to understand that we had to get all these blocks, all these interference fields out of the way to let my body do its amazing work to heal. But tapping into intuition is very hard when you're really sick because there, I think there's a, a sense that you, you, you're at odds with the very thing that you, your, your intuition is housed in your body. And, and when you're at odds with your body, it can be very challenging to honor it and respect what it's telling you. But for me, intuition is about really making friends with your body again and know, knowing that it does have your back and it does have your best interests and it's keeping you alive. And it has so much information, which is why, you know, testing the body itself for it, whether it be, you know, muscle testing, you know, autonomic response testing or, or any modality in which you look to the body to, to give an indication of what it, it's being stressed by. I think that shows that your body has this innate intelligence. And when we tap into that and when we can access it, that's our intuition. That's our, our, our greatest asset to me as a biohacker is it's totally individual to you. Like your intuition is your, you know, connection to, to that intelligence. And, and so for me, intuition is a big part of a, a more advanced form of medicine is, is we can tap into this inner intelligence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that Lisa. And, you know, this is, um, you know, I'm in the midst of creating a biological medicine speaker series um, that's going to be going on in the end of September. And, you know, this is um, something that I really want to, you know, um, I'm passionate about educating people that, you know, biological medicine is this like combination of all these systems of medicine, but from the fundamental understanding that the body knows how to heal and is, you know, innately intelligent and that we you know, have to just um, identify and remove blocks to um, healing so the body can self-regulate and heal. How you said this idea of interference fields. And so um, I would love to just maybe touch on that because yeah. I do feel like that's maybe a strength of Sophia Health Institute that we, you know, the work that Dr. Klinghart trained me um, and the team to do is to really like, why is that, um, that person, in spite of all this um, amazing effort, all these years of treatment, why is their body not able to take that information and self-regulate and heal? And of course it's multifactorial, everyone's individual. But with that being said, can you share your experience 
of what interference fields were for you, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing and kind of, um, yeah, just helping people to understand maybe that might be um, something that's overlooked and preventing their body from healing. I absolutely, I would love to share and I am very transparent about all that I went through. Actually, you know, in the book, I, I really opened up my doors. So I, you know, I, I've already put it out there, but actually this chapter uh, was knock down obstacles for, for me, um, act radically and knock, knock down obstacles were what I address as, you know, the root causes of disease are, are what we call a, a radical, you know, um, a root cause comes from the word radical, which is addressing the root. And for me, I really learned about this actually before I came to Sophia Health, but Sophia really was the route for me to uncover where these blocks were. And so I did have a, a, a huge array of interference fields to deal with. And, and honestly, those were some of my biggest obstacles. I have been through, gosh, I have been through six jaw, like, uh, you know, dental and jaw surgeries because I had cavitations that had to be addressed multiple times. I had root canal teeth that had to be removed. And, you know, I may have a smile, but I have a lot of missing teeth. Um, and, and, you know, I had to go through a tonsillectomy. I had a um, I had some blockages in my lymphatic system. And so I had some collapsed um, blood vessels that actually were, in, you know, um, intervene. I had an intervention, a surgical intervention to address that twice. I had ultimately, um, I had all kinds of uh, blocks to my gastrointestinal system. And um, we, I, I ideally would have had an appendectomy. And as, as you know, it turned into a ruptured appendix. And so I ended up having to have a, a huge surgical intervention to remove part of my intestinal tract, which was, um, you know, actually in the end was helpful. Uh, I hate to say that because it was one of the worst experiences of my life, but um, you know, it did remove a, a, a huge issue in my intestinal um, system. And then one of the very last things, which honestly, I, you know, we did so much work around this, all of my scars and everything that we treated, which interference field can be due to injury, can be due to any surgical procedure, can be due to any site of toxicity any chronic infection that the body can't get to. So obviously, you know, a root canal tooth or cavitation in the jawbone doesn't have, you know, good blood flow. So the immune system can't really address it, those infections. Um, but I had breast implants. And one of the things that I wish that we had just gone ahead and done right away, um, but I, I didn't know that it was such a block, but I ended up having those uh, explanted. That was a surgical procedure in um, 2018. And mm -hmm. honestly, it, it, it was a very, very difficult surgery. It was probably also the very last um, interference field that was really still blocking my, my recovery. And so I know it's a very difficult thing to accept for any patient who has breast implants or, or who, you know, has, 
has had an implant in the body that has, you know, healed and you think it's fine. Oftentimes the body does not indicate that there is a, 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 you know, either a pathogenic load or even electrical signaling is off in the body. And so I just want to share that openly that, that these interference fields, they do have to be addressed. And there's many different ways. I mean, wonderful ways can be done non-surgically. Uh, so I, I want to put that out there. I mean, I went through so many surgical interventions. I would have loved to do more things that weren't quite so traumatic to heal from, but these are important. And you know, just treating with antimicrobials to deal with Lyme disease or parasitic infections or um, you know, chelating out heavy metals, may not be enough to take some of the burden off of the body. You need to allow you know, the body to have proper electrical signaling and to reduce some of the pathogenic load. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and you, I mean, you had many interference fields and you, you know, dealt with all of them and they were not, again, easy in any way, but, you know, as you share in your book and just, you know, who you are, um, it was really a combination of, you know, just knowing that that was what needed to be done and the, you know, your biohacking mentality and, you know, and the, and the, really the vision that you held for yourself to not lose sight of your goal that I think really um, allowed you to heal even in the midst of, you know, probably a lot of fear at times, a lot of, you know, hardship, a lot of, um, you know, low points, right? And so, um, so even though these are maybe challenging to accept or acknowledge or hear, these are the, the things that your body, when you um, went through them, was able to, as you said, um, you know, the autonomic nervous system was able to communicate better and to regulate better your lymphatic system. I mean, what you, you've been a teacher to me, um, honestly, <laughs> the lymphatic system and the importance. And, you know, it's something that we talk a lot about in our medicine and biological medicine. But um, I, I think that might be something to share too, Lisa, just, you know, your knowledge base and all of the work that you've done with the lymphatic system. because. I like to talk about it a lot when I do these things, and I still feel like it's one of the most overlooked and underappreciated systems in healing and recovering the body. But, you know, any clinical pearls about the lymphatic work or yeah. anyone listening around that? I, I will tell you, I have learned more that I, you know, than I can even express, but the lymphatic system is truly how the body processes treatment. And what I... What I learned was you can only treat to the extent that you improve the lymphatic system capacity and, and really eliminate, I mean, I'll start, I'll really start by getting more nitty gritty. I mean, the extent to which you can tolerate treatment is your capacity to eliminate and your capacity to circulate. And, and really for me, I mean, I went through years of, difficulty eliminating and that's you know my gastrointestinal system unfortunately was extremely compromised and so i had to take every what i call you know biohacking you know intervention to to help my my gastrointestinal system but that was the that was to eliminate and get things out of the body uh, but what i learned is that the only way that you can eliminate is if you are moving things through the body 
and the, the lymphatic system, we are not taught about in this country. It is, I, I mean, it's so hard to learn anything about the lymphatic. I was a biology teacher. I was, you know, a biology teacher and a neuroscientist in, in, in my clinical research. And I didn't know anything about the lymphatic system until I got Lyme and had to learn to hack it. And, and it's truly, I mean, it is so fundamental to success with treatment because what I think people don't realize is that in order to go through treatment and have your body be able to process it and metabolize, detoxify it and move it through the system and out, you have to spend, I, I would say, you know, 75% of the time on your circulation elimination and and supporting your body because you can't just do treatment and overload the body and all that that does is put your body into a worse state and obviously you feel horrible you're in pain you're mentally you know your emotions and your thoughts are a mess because everything that is toxic in your body is influencing your your mind and your and your emotions and so I mean, I had to just learn every strategy in the book for lymphatic, you know, support. And actually, I will say that was probably my primary foray into biohacking because when I started, and this was before I came to Sophia Health, I was just put on a whole bunch of antibiotics and I couldn't eliminate and I had no lymph, I didn't know anything about the lymphatic system, so I didn't know what to do. And so what I had to learn was, okay, how do I help facilitate, you know, the, the function of my body so that I can move stuff through it and move stuff out. And nobody taught me that. And, you know, you just have to, I guess, you know, out of survival, you just learn it for yourself. And, and the lymphatic system honestly is, is complex and it's, but it's, it's, it's your, you know, it's your, your sustenance. It's what helps you process through this treatment so you can heal. And so I guess what I'd like to share is just that a lot of it is your actions. And a lot of it is, I guess, the willingness you have to to nurture and care for your lymphatic system because you have the body, you have the brain's lymphatic system, which you, we, we call the glymphatic system. And if you're not facilitating your body, you know, you're not supporting your body in, in draining the, the, the lymphatics, you are going to feel like hell. I mean, really, you, you can't go through treatment without supporting your body. For me, that was almost, it turned into an act of um, self-love. I mean, because you you realize that it's nurturing to your body. And I had to find so many practitioners to help me, but ultimately you can do so much on your own because the lymphatic system, you know, is, is really about movement and about the, the, the touch of the body. And, you know, you can use all of these great tools. Biohacking has great tools. And so, you know, if you can incorporate some of these things into your daily habits, that is what allows you to get through treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, again, you were, you've been a teacher to me about the importance of the lymphatic system, just with all that you 
learned along the way and the wonderful, um, you know, home support you did, but also the practitioners you found to work with and to help really navigate where you were stuck at times and to really help you feel better. And um, something that you mentioned that I, I think um, I just want to land on that because I think this could be helpful for people who are listening. So sometimes when the body's having a hard time eliminating, especially through treatment, for some people that can present um, in mental health um, presentation, yeah. right? People can have in anything from increased anxiety, depression, yeah. um, OCD, insomnia, all sorts of what would be labeled, um, you know, more mental health symptoms and, yeah. um, and kind of riding that wave of um, having, you know, wave of treatment and um, that might be a sign that there's not enough elimination happening in the body. And when you get that equation right, those mental health symptoms actually diminish. But can yeah. you just share that? Because I still think that's not understood, you know? And um, yeah. for a lot of people, they, they just don't feel like themselves and they don't, you know, want to just take medication. And, you know, how, how can they make sense of this? It is so interesting that basically the body is, I mean, just such an intertwined, you know, uh, system. And what I learned, and I had, you know, very, very significant and very severe parasitic inf infections. And what I learned was as I was treating those and the die-off would happen, anything that was in my body, whether it be in my gastrointestinal tract or otherwise, that my body wasn't eliminating made me just, I mean, I would say, crazy. I mean, I, I know it sounds bizarre, but mentally and emotionally, I, I would be an absolute basket case whenever I had die off and, and toxic. When I say die off, I'm really talking about the toxicity that, 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 that brings. And so what I learned is, you know, in my, you know, a lot of people in my life would start to tell me when I, they would say, cause I, I shared, you know, what this was like and they could see it. They could see the change, you know, in me. And they would say, Lisa, I think you're toxic. And for me, that was a sign like, oh my gosh, I, I need to do something to eliminate this from my body, whether that be a strategy, you know, to actually facilitate it getting out of my body, to move just to move um, some of the toxins. So what I learned is that, you know, we have this brain gut connection and the brain and the gut, I mean, the, the gut really is our second brain and the gut is, I mean, has so many neurons and our gut is also, you know, the seat of a lot of our immune system. And what I don't think people really understand is that your gut barrier, especially for those of us who have compromised gut barriers, it allows these things that are in the gut to circulate through the bloodstream by a very, very thin membrane, you know, in separating the, the gut, which is technically outside the body. Like we're one long gastrointestinal tract from mouth to anus, but that, that should be what keeps, you know, toxins out of the interior of our body, but actually when those of us have a leaky gut or we have infections of the gut, that, that membrane becomes very porous. And these toxins, they enter into our bloodstream and they circulate through our brain. And we are these electrochemical beings and we are, are 
basically retoxifying. And, and a very interesting story that I learned many, many years ago was when somebody has candida or fungal infections in the gut, one thing that can happen, which is just so interesting, is they can actually almost appear as if they're intoxicated like from alcohol, just mm -hmm. from the chemicals that candida or fungal you know, infections put into the bloodstream. They can actually present as if they're intoxicated. Mm -hmm. And it, it's so interesting because it affects their brain and it affects their functioning, their physical functioning. So, and, and those of you who have Bartonella uh, or have been dealing with Bartonella will know Bartonella can make you feel enraged. I mean, it is such an, an impact on the, the, emo the mental and emotional state. You can, you can feel like you are completely, um, you have the sense of kind of depersonalization, like you feel disassociated or you can feel enraged beyond. I mean, I know I've been through rage episodes where it's as if I was on some kind of drug and it, it was the, the toxicity in my body that was, that was making me that way. And so it is so important that people understand and, and not, I don't want to say not blame themselves, but people often feel like this is almost like a personal failing. I know I did, like I can't control my emotions or this uncontrollable crying or this depression and not knowing that it was toxicity and that toxicity it influences everything. Um, so that's what I can share is, is this is a huge part is we, we think neuropsychiatric symptoms are something different, but they are wrapped up in this whole paradigm of when we, when we're dealing with infections, we're dealing with toxicity, like our brain and our, our bloodstream are, are, are filled with this stuff and we have to move it out and through in order to actually get clarity. And for me, because I was, you know, bound to, to colon hydrotherapy for so long, I would see just an immediate difference where, you know, I would have this horrible mental emotional state and then I would have, you know, a colonic or an enema and it would all clear my system. And suddenly, you know, I would have my family say, you're like a different person in it, you know, in this very short period of time, like you're, you seem clear and happy and joyful again. And just an hour ago, you were, you know, a raging, you know, <laughs> you know, emotional mess. So. No, I, I appreciate you sharing this and you know, being, you know, so, um, you know, well-spoken about it because I, I do think the, you know, definitely the realm of neuropsychiatric illnesses and mental health, we just have to have a, a new paradigm to look at this. And, you know, it's a definitely, you know, still in such a preliminary state of opening up people's minds. I mean, I think with the realm of pans and pandas, we're looking yeah. at, okay, this can be, you know, infection driven and there can be, you know, we know the gut brain access, but I, I think it's just, I, I just appreciate you sharing your story. So people who are listening, you know, if you haven't had this lens to look at your mental health symptoms, you know, please find someone who will work with you in this way. And, you know, Lisa's story is a testament, you know, in and of itself of that, you know, um, you know, her labels were very much, 
um, you know, they, they very much had to shift when she understood this underlying um, root cause of why there was brain inflammation making you feel the way you did. Um, so there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so Lisa, I mean, you've obviously demonstrated through just this, you know, very brief conversation, just, you know, the journey that you've gone through. And, you know, throughout this journey, I know that, um, you know, Dr. Klinghardt, I know when he was working with you, he said, you have to write a book, Lisa. And, you know, I, I know I've you know, shared that sentiment as well. And so here we are, you know, your book is launched. It's Biohack Your Way Beyond Lyme, an inspired guide for recovery. So you've already, you know, shared a little bit about the book, but I just want to, um, you'd have the opportunity to share the framework and the format and really what your goal um, and, and inspiration was for this book. Yeah, I, you know, as I, I contemplated this book for a couple of years now, um, and what I realized is that, you know, it protocols, you know, people can be on all different kinds of protocols and achieve results. Mm. I didn't feel, I mean, I've been through every treatment imaginable. I have been through everything, you know, and if I just put that all into a book, that wouldn't have really helped people get the message that I think they need to hear, which is you can get well and it is not necessarily all about the treatment protocols. I do think there's amazing things that I, you know, that I've, I've implemented in my life that really did work. But I think what's most important is that people, number one, feel a sense of like possibility. Like this is real. They can heal. They can move on with their life and they can have a future. And so for me, you know, biohacking is that it represents that. Biohacking is all about this idea that our bodies can, you know, thrive and that we have within them the, the potential for healing and not just healing, but also improving. Like we, we have this amazing innate capability. And so for me, biohacking is, is, a, is a paradigm shift from let's just treat illness to no, let's, let's live, let's thrive, let's see the future. And I, I think there are some amazing technologies and some amazing things that are available in our world today to actually help increase the capacity of the body. And some of those things are lifestyle, what I call hacks or lifestyle interventions, because some of the best things that I've incorporated into my life are things that you know, weren't prescribed by doctors. They were things that I implemented for myself. And so this book is really about shifting the mindset to belief in the future and belief in your vision and your purpose. And what I want to share for your listeners, Dr. Schaffner, is an affirmation of that that exact thing that you provided to me. There were very few people in my life and you were one of the singular people who made me look forward and see what was possible. Imagine what was possible for me, even at my sickest, you know, some of the most awful things that I have ever been through, barely knowing if I was going to survive the, the night, much less, you know, to the next year. And what you inspired in me was this, this imaginative quality of 
who can I be? What do I envision for the future? What is possible? Like, what if I were to recover from Lyme? What would I do with my life? Like, I'd never even been well enough to think of that. And you put that vision and, and that seed in me to, to think about that. And that's what this book is about is how can you get through these challenges? You're going to have to get through some major obstacles. So what kind of mindset can carry you through no matter what you're dealing with, no matter, I mean, honestly, it, it doesn't have to be Lyme and it, it could be any health challenge or really anything in life that you're challenged by. Right now we're in this, you know, difficult pandemic situation and people are in fear. Mm -hmm. And if you can think bigger and broader beyond just these daily circumstances, you program your cells, you program your immune system for being more resilient and for being ready to take on challenge. And, and I think that's what I wanted to put forth in this book is you're going to have to do some hard work and you're going to have to, you know, put in the effort, but it's possible to heal and you have this potential beyond illness that you can look to and envision this new, this new identity, this new life beyond illness. And so that's what the book is about. Mm -hmm. Well, Lisa, that, you know, puts tears in my eyes in so many ways, because um, with anyone who's listening, you know, Lisa is living proof that this formula works. You know, um, if anyone had as many cards or many, you know, um, you know, hills to go over, let's just, or mountains to climb, let's just put it in that framework, um, you had them. And so for you to be in this other space of your journey, um, accomplishing what you've accomplished, you know, entering this new chapter in your life, you know, this is a testament to the power of this work. And, you know, it's a, you um, are a constant reminder and inspiration of not, um, you know, not forgetting that, you know, in the patient care that, you know, I do, I, I like to ask questions to my new patients too. What are you going to do when you feel better? And some of them look at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? You know, so, but you know, and you know, I know we, you know, Lisa and I both went to UVA and we both, you know, geek out on a lot of these um, things. And, you know, this realm of, you know, psychoneuroimmunology and mind body medicine and looking at even like, you know, heart brain coherence with the work that, you know, Joe Dispenza is even doing. It's like the science is catching up to have a model and an explanation of why what you're sharing works. So mm -hmm. if we don't bring this into the equation of healing, we miss this huge, powerful energy to move people towards health, you know? So I, I think it's really, it's critical. And I don't, I think it cannot not be part of um, the healing journey, you know, I, I think it's really, really important. So I just, um, no, I, I'm just, you know, almost pinching myself. I mean, of course I knew that you were going to get better. And of course we knew, Dr. and I knew that if anyone was going to write a book, it was going to be, you know, Lisa, but I, I just, um, you know, I just am so inspired, so in awe, so grateful. I'm going to have all my patients, you know, listen or read your book. I, I think it's really needs to be part of you know, the, the journey. And so, um, so no, I just want to honor you and thank you. And as we wrap up, Lisa, I just want you to have the opportunity to say any, you know, last words or parting words of like wisdom or inspiration or anything you want to share with, um, the listeners today. 
Okay. Yes. I, I guess what I feel, um, just that they need to hear is that there is this message of hope. And I think what is the, the biohacking mindset is what everyone can adopt, which is to get curious and get empowered because at, in this time, we all need to be investigators and we all need to take ownership of what we can take ownership over in our lives and in our health. And so I, I'm that message because honestly, that's how I believe I got well was, you know, trusting my intuition and moving forward on the things that needed action and, mm -hmm. and honestly taking risks. And I did, and you know that, you know, I think in this time we have to be bold and we, we do, we have to be our own advocates, our own investigators, and then we have to trust, we have to trust and have faith because those components they come together in this synchronicity and that's what works that's what works to get people well i mean for them to be a participant and to be you know in a team environment so i think what i would like to share is that for your listeners i am i would be honored to share that i i have a biohacking mastermind mentorship um, that's starting and so for those people who would like more support and, and be in a group environment and also do some one-on-one -on -one work to overcome some of the blocks that they're experiencing and to just open up their, their minds to what, what else is out there, you know, to help them get well. I, for your listeners, I would love to share that I'm going to offer anyone who, you know, mentions this podcast, a, a huge discount, which will be, it'll end up being 40%. So mm -hmm. I would love for them to reach out to me in any way for support. Um, the best way to reach me is through my website, which is www.beyondlime.coach. And they can contact me through that. And I just, I really want people to listen to the book, especially if they're having, you know, difficulty reading. I know I'm a big audible listener myself. Um, I mean, I love the print book. It's, it's a beautiful thing to hold in your hand, but just for people who need a message to listen to and to be inspired by, I hope that, that the book will provide that because we all need that. I mean, I wrote this book as much for myself as for your listeners and for the world at large, because I need it too. I need the message. I need to hear it over and over. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'd like to share is, is people can reach out to me. They can, um, you know, they can download the book and, and hopefully it will serve them. Oh, thank you, Lisa. And I'm so glad that you not only have your book, but the collective and group work that you're embarking on. I think it's, you know, such a powerful resource to come together, um, you know, with more than one person to, mm -hmm. you know, help people find not only support, but, you know, that collective energy to move everyone forward in their health. So, um, yeah, I'm just so beyond, um, you know, inspired and grateful. And um, I really appreciate your time today and sharing all this amazing information and just congratulations. So it's Thank so good you. to see you here. I am so grateful and I love seeing your face and I, I miss seeing you in person, but it's lovely to, to connect this way. It's so fun that we're doing this rather than a phone consult right now, right? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, yes. yes.
Absolutely. Well, thank you, Lisa. And we'll have all of the information she just shared in the show notes. So if you want to um, learn more about Lisa's work and please check out her book, Biohack Your Way Beyond Lyme. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Schaffner.